0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are most welcome to the Fully Functional Humanity Podcast. My name is Badger Kisanya, and I'm your host. As we begin today's conversation, I want us to do a little bit of fun. It's a simple simple, um, mental exercise. I want you to think about your fingerprints. Now, once I mention fingerprints, somebody might be rubbing their fingers together Um, It's just a natural reaction when you do that. That's absolutely fine. But I want you to think about your fingerprints. Now, in all sincerity, I don't know exactly where you are listening to this. You might be at home. You might be in school. You might be at the gym. You might have a car full of children doing the carpool run. Whatsoever it may be, you may be in an office. But more than likely, somebody else is beside you or around you if you were to compare your fingerprints with anybody else in your current vicinity whether that be the car whether that be um, if you're at a gym the guys in your in the, your particular class or that section of the gym or the people in your office whatever it may be if you were to compare your fingerprints with pretty much everybody else in your current space you would realize that your fingerprints are different now you can extrapolate that to say right okay in this particular class that I'm in, whether that be in school, gym or whatever, or in my particular car, let's say extrapolate that to a larger space. So let's say that's the whole school, whole gym, whole office, whole business or whatever. And you ran the same test, you'll realize that your fingerprints are still original. And you could take that to the next level, which is the, large, the next size of demarcation that might be town, borough, city, country. And to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, the world, And you'll realize that your fingerprints are still original. They're not like anybody else's. That points us very neatly to our focus word for today, which is origin. Where does something come from? Origin is also where we get the word original. And I want you to think about that, ladies and gentlemen, first and foremost. And I want you to think about the fact that You, ladies and gentlemen, by virtue of our basic scientific test, very basic. You're an original. You, in all sincerity, are one of a kind. That points us to two things. Number one, it tells us someone put a lot of thought into ensuring that you are here. Second, it also says, that your value can in no way be questioned, irrespective of your condition, your age, or your circumstances. You are here for something and your value can never be denied. The reason I say that, is it's a thought that comes from antiques. The scarcer a thing is, the more valuable it becomes. And if there's only one of you, ladies and gentlemen, then your value is near immeasurable. And I really hope that warms your heart as we begin this conversation. So back to our focus word. And our focus word is origin. And origin tells us that when we are on our journey to discover what a purpose is, it comes from somewhere and someone. And so Let's define what a purpose is and we'll explain why we're doing that in a moment. So what is a purpose? In simple terms, ladies and gentlemen, a purpose is what was in the mind of a creator prior to the process of fabrication, design, or activation. Not necessarily in that order. But what persisted in the mind of the creator actually motivated them to action and ladies and gentlemen that is true of you and i the reason i say it's true of you and i if you look at the the description of the inception of the human race in the bible that you find in genesis chapter 1 in verse 26 the lord presents his newest element of his creation that's you and i notice he already knows exactly who we are what we're going to do and the impact of our presence in the world that he is creating that means he already knew exactly what our purpose was the reason that we were going to be created before he started the process this fact is true across the bible and and i love doing this um You find it in the calling of Jeremiah, Jeremiah, in in the book named after him, Jeremiah 1, you find that the Lord said, before I started the process of creation, you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew exactly who you were and I knew exactly what you were going to do and I knew exactly what I needed to give you for you to fulfill what I had in mind for you. You find the same thought in the announcement of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There it goes a little bit further. They had his name that you shall call your child Jesus. This is in Luke one, when the angel is speaking to Mary, he said, you should call your child Jesus. And the reason being you should call him Jesus is because he will save his people from their sins. And that means it was already known prior to the process of the fabrication and the forming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in physical form. We find the same concept in the calling of Saul of Tarsus, where in the very personable conversation between God and the prophet that goes to heal him, the Lord not only tells the prophet, this is who you're gonna go and look for, this is where he is, but also this is what he's going to go through for me. This is why he's such an important person to bring into the fold. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want, if we look at that, that sets our foundation for us to be able to say, without a doubt, you and I, because we have been created by God Almighty, the reason for our creation was in his mind before he began the process. The reason that really helps us is it makes it so much easier to look for something when you know what you're looking for. So when we are looking for, you know, when someone says, oh, I really want to know what my purpose is, I really want to do something that is purposeful, you're actually looking for what was in the mind of the creator before he put you and I together. And that has a knock on effect. And I'll use an example because knowing what you're looking for makes the journey viable because it's right. I know this is what this is specifically what I'm looking for. So identification becomes easy, but also why I'm looking for it becomes now a possible thing for me. And let me give you an example. If a a request is made that says, please go and get the blue plastic thing on Mummy's dresser will elicit from, let's say, an unwilling teenager. Sorry, I have to pick on that generation. An unwilling teenager It will elicit a relatively slow response. You know, I'm looking for a blue plastic thing on a dresser. I want to watch a film. I want to keep watching a series. But if the request is made like this, Please go and get my inhaler, the blue one, off mummy's dresser because I can't breathe. That changes the urgency in the search. In the very same way, this is why knowing what a purpose is is so important. Because, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll say it again: that what is the purpose? A purpose is what was in the mind of a creator before he began the process of fabrication, design, or activation, again, not necessarily in that order, before you and I arrived. And that presents us with this fact. Because creation has already happened, you're already here. No matter how popular this podcast becomes. If you're not going to be listening to this prior to your arrival on the planet. But in all sincerity, ladies and gentlemen, you're already here. That means creation has already happened. That presents two facts to us. Fact number one is we have to go back to the creator to ask him why. But also it points to the fact that this, and and I'd I'd love you to remember this. Purpose is determined by the identification, acknowledgement, and appreciation of what is present, not what is absent. So in our search for purpose, when we are going back to the Lord to say, what is my purpose? realizing that purpose is what was in his mind before creation happened, ladies and gentlemen, as you begin your search, you are not looking for what is absent. You are looking for what is present because what is present tells us this is what was in the mind of the creator when he created me. And I really hope that makes your search as you start, all that is ongoing, so much more viable. To close today's conversation out, let me tell you a story and it, I'll tell it briefly. And it's this, a father was passing away and he decided to call all his children. And he said, you know what? Let's say there are only three of them. And I, And he says, you know what? I want to give you what I have to one child he gives all his money and that child is ecstatic because the man is relatively rich to another child the second child he gives all the um the business elements the shares and stuff that he has and the things that you know property and all sorts he literally sorts that that girl out so the first boy is gone the second girl is gone and now it leaves this particular chap and he said as for you what I'm leaving you is in the shed at the end of the garden. The house is yours, but whatever's in the shed is yours. And he said, I'm giving it to you because I really think you would be able to manage it. It's my most valuable possession, pre- he says. And time passes on and the gentleman passes away and each child takes their inheritance. The, the, the last child... You know, he watches his brother and his sister disappear into wealth and comfort. And he then thinks, OK, let's go see what's at the end of the garden. He goes to the end of the garden where he has played many times, but he goes to the end of the garden and he opens up and he opens up the shed, opens it wide. And, you know, if you can imagine a picture, chickens, you know, um, cobwebs, everything going everywhere, a little bit dusty. And he chases them out and as he throws open the doors and the light floods in, there are parts of what can only be described as a ruined car and he thinks well what did I do to my dad to get this it's uh, yeah it's emotional it must be you know sentimental value etc and he looks at the looks at it closes the doors and he thinks you know what I'll get it valued and I'll sell it the house is great the lands are great but you know I'll, I'll get it valued he calls his friend who's an expert and the and the His friend shows up and he says, what do you want to show He says, well, I've got an old car in my shed. Come and value it for me. You know, they go down to the end of the garden, throw throw the doors open, you know, chickens, cobwebs, lights, the whole situation. And his friend walks in and his friend has shown up in a suit, which was not the very best thing to do. But hey, shows up in a suit and he begins to walk around the ruin. What is the ruin? All of a sudden, in his expensive suit, he begins to rub on a part of the car. The young man that called the, his friend in obviously thinks his friend's gone crazy. And he doesn't. He, he's a little bit odd, but hey. Yeah. And without saying a word to him, his friend runs past him, jumps into his car and disappears into, into the distance. His friend said, well, I knew he was odd. I was going to give him dinner. And he walks back to the house. Fifteen minutes later, two cars pull up outside the house. This time, his friend has brought in another odd person, both the a suit. They run past the young man straight to the shed and he points to something in the shed. And, and this, the other gentleman is even worse. He's dived in and he's, he's not even waiting for the chickens and things to disappear. He's in with the cobwebs and he's looking for something and he finds it. They both come back to this young man's kitchen and, and he's staring at them in amazement. And they say, we will pay you per year. Let's call it $1 trillion or whatever currency you're listening to this in. We will pay you per year to restore and show what you have in the shed. He said, why would you want to do that? It's a piece of junk. And they said, no. And they said, what we found is the original identification mark of that particular thing. And it tells us that that is, if you were thinking of something valuable, let's say a Rolls-Royce Silver Spirit. That's what I usually use in this particular example. A Rolls-Royce Silver Spirit, and it's got a serial number of 0002. And there are only three in the world. And that's one of them. And the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Irrespective of condition, irrespective of state and irrespective of the time that that particular car had been found, its value had not diminished by virtue of the fact that it was so scarce, it had actually increased. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason I told you the story is this. The reason that car was so valuable was because they could trace it to its origin and at its origin its value was determined in the very same way ladies and gentlemen you might be listening to this podcast and you may be having the toughest day you might be going through the toughest season you might be going through what can honestly be described as a nightmare but that does not detract at all from the fact that because where you come from is discoverable your value is maintained and your value because you are an original is literally one that continues rising each day that you are here as you go on this search for purpose it's going to be worth it what you will find ladies and gentlemen will make everything worth it because we know what you will find is already present not absent so it is going to be worth your while i really hope you enjoyed today's conversation ladies and gentlemen. i really encourage you if you can subscribe and share the podcast with your friends if you would like to it's been my humbling pleasure to have this conversation with you and hopefully we'll have another one next week